0: welcome to the practice power play podcast brought to you by mayhan and associates you know our overarching objective with these podcasts is to bring to you experts in the field of practice business operations and how you can be more successful save more money and keep more of your money um, one of the most important aspects to any business are new customers and retaining current customers right you want to inc- you want to increase your your customer base if you want to typically increase your top of the line Revenues and hopefully profitability as well. So today we have a great, great um, professional joining us on our podcast that I'm really glad and glad to see again. We got Christy, uh, Christy Bolts, with my dental CMO, and she she is specifically in the dental marketing arena, but a lot of her concepts apply to all you know clinicians or professional service uh, organizations. So just just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I really have always aligned with her and really appreciated her approach and aspects because, you know, she has that mathematics background. She was formerly a uh, college professor in mathematics and, you know, me, the nerdy accountant, um, you know, really dig metrics and all that good stuff. So again, our, our podcast is designed to bring some power plays and some ideas for you and your practices to hopefully uh, stimulate thought and give you some nuggets to move forward. So without further ado, Christy, how you doing?
1: Chris, it is good to see you. I was trying to remember the last time I saw you in person. That's what we're all trying to do right now, right? When did I last see him in person? It's been a while.
0: Yeah, I know you were at our dental summit. You've been at two summits, I believe, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and done some speaking engagements here in Nashville with us. So, yeah, good to see you again. And I look forward to the the time, hopefully in the near future, that we can all be in the same uh, space again. So
1: in the same space with something in our hand and something in our mouth and some good conversation and food and drink, and it won't be a bad time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Always a good time. Always a good time. Well, Hey, thanks again. And you know, we're coming, you know, hopefully off the, you know, coming out of the the pandemic and the, the COVID crazy 2020. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of different opportunities with practices and, you know, really, the one thing that I think practices and businesses, you know, I think it's evident, should never really pull back on is their marketing. But I really like the approaches that you bring to it because, I mean, you really focused on return on investment, you know. And I've heard some of your presentations where you're like, you know, those accountants, you know, they'll tell you a percentage of revenues to into spend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Two to four percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, you know, but you come in and really bring a whole nother level to know, return on investment and getting efficiencies and, and productivity out of your marketing campaigns. So um, so how you been and what have you seen going on in the past year?
1: You know, I think one of the things, Chris, that everybody did when they were forced to look at the business on paper, right? Mm-hmm. COVID kind of made everybody look at some things on paper, some that they didn't want to, some that maybe they had a little bit more time to look at, like marketing and and sitting there and saying, Okay, how much have we been spending is kind of a loaded question, because when we talk about a spend and when we talk about a return on investment most of the time. And I'm married to an accountant. Right. So we we love the numbers. We talk about the money. Right. How much money did we spend? And one of the things that everybody forgot about is the time that they had invested. Historically, practices have grown leaps and bounds with word of mouth. And word of mouth is not something that we write a $20,000 check to the word of mouth marketing association. Lo and behold, there's 200 new patients in the book. The investment of time was something that everybody kind of had to stop and go, do we really have time for this now? Are we going to have time for this when we come back with PPE? And do we have the time that we need to do the things we want to do? So I think that's one of the biggest things is people were forced to really reconcile not just their money, but their time. I can make more money, Chris. I cannot get back my time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I've I've said, you know, multiple times over my career is I've got two value propositions that we can typically give you with management and and accounting. I can help you make more money or help you capture more time, but sometimes getting both of those is a very hard task, right? you know, so, uh, Absolutely have you seen any new marketing trends specifically you know over the past year that you know I know that you are a big believer which I truly appreciate and it's not a cookie cutter you know marketing is customized to each practice, their demographics, their specialties you know they they you know so have you seen anything out there in the past year that's changed materially in terms of the kind of a go-to?
1: I think there's three things. number one, in the past if you wanted to, really rule the roost in display advertising, right? You lived in a small town and you went, listen, I can buy these four billboards in this town and I can own the market. Mm-hmm. Um, billboards historically were not inexpensive, even in smaller markets. And then when you started to get into larger markets, it was 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. And for most dental practitioners, that's just not something that's available to them. And so we kind of throw that out and say, oh, well, that's, that's not the advertising method of choice. And now, with geofencing, in particular, when you look at specialty practices who are geofencing their referring offices. So, you know, when that doctor's handing out one card and the other card and the other card, and then that patient's device is tagged as they leave. And now they're starting to see all of these display ads for practice A, practice A, practice A. It's like, well, wait a second, that's probably the one I want to call. And then that links to my online reputation management, which is the second thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been talking about gathering reviews and the tools to do that. Protecting your first page reputation immediately went to the front of the line because people were Googling what are you doing for COVID? What are you not doing for COVID? Are they open? Are they taking emergencies? And what are people saying about that? Very few practitioners have even taken the time to go two or three clicks deep on their reviews where Google starts to consolidate all those words that people mention in the reviews into a word cloud. It's like, go look and see what patients are saying. So I would say the geofencing component, the first page reputation component, right? Say you weren't on the social media train and now you're starting to notice that your Facebook listing is third or fourth on your first page reputation, you, you get really interested in that because people aren't clicking in and looking at the website. They're not clicking in and looking at the Facebook page. They're taking 40 to 45 seconds to scan that whole first page. And people who ignored that for an extended period of time, and I'm not saying it was wrong. Part of it was we only had so much time to worry about what we can worry about. Um, and those who paid attention to it and that overused word pivot, right? And pivoted accordingly. And then the third thing is really looking at this uh, this concept of a first-class cabin, a practice within a practice. Because in most general offices, the 80-20 rule applies. There's 20% of the patients that are generating 80% of the production. And if your schedule is busy and you're trying to hire a third hygienist and do a you're not thinking about that. But when COVID hits and you go, well, wait a second, let me think about the type of patient I want. And you comb through your data and you find out, well, wait a second, there's like 30 people here that if I just had 30 more of these guys, I'd be in a much better position. And the pandemic gave us the opportunity because people go, oh, you know, we can't do this stuff in the community we're doing. Yeah, but you can get on your computer and send almost anything to anyone's house now. Right. Right. As a thank you gift or as a we appreciate you as a patient. So I would say those digital geofencing that really allows me some billboards across the market space. I want my first page reputation and its paramount importance and then this idea of a first class cabin.
0: And that's great stuff. And with the geo you know, it's really interesting because now you can have your billboard, so to speak, and have it target marketed towards the niche or what service you're trying to expand or more importantly, what kind of new patient you're trying to attract because I think we all know not all new patients are created the same, right? And you know, so if you want to really expand on you know, driving a higher you know, level on a value per patient in terms of what you're trying to build your practice and you know, expand upon, you really have a lot of technological you know, tools at your belt that a lot of people don't, don't necessarily utilize right now. So that's huge. And um, talk about that first-class cabin again a little bit. So, so give me an example of what a first-class cabin is.
1: There's a first-class cabin on a plane,
0: right? Oh, right, right, yeah. I
1: forget, Chris, you fly around on a private jet. There's no first <laughs> time. <laughs> the practice power play private jet. That's okay. right. So most Americans fly, again, pre-COVID, but we're coming back to it once a year the model for the airlines is built around the fact that they do not see you as a returning customer, right? Which is how you end up in row 33F (laughs) with a bag of peanuts and a can of Diet Coke that's warm and they won't give you more than one cube of ice. And when a company like Southwest comes along that actually just does a little bit better when it comes to service, I mean, Southwest isn't handing out free Teslas when you get on a plane. They're going, hey, listen, we'll give you the whole can of Coke and we'll give you peanuts and we'll be funny when we're... And that's all they have to do yeah. to be better. And there's a lot of people who feel that way about dentistry. Is like, listen, the bar is so low in service that in order for you to stand out, you really don't have to be that different. So if I leave Southwest and I go to the traditional airlines and you find on Delta and US Air and all of these, there's what, 12, 14 seats in the front of the plane, mm-hmm. right? And most of the time, the people that are flying up there are not the people who stroked the check for the first class seat. It's the people who the airlines are saying, thank you, Chris, for being a million miler. We'd like to put you in the seat up front. Right. Because you fly 100 times a year. Mm -hmm. They know you're worth 100 X to them as a customer. So most dental practices. Couple quick calculations, Eagle Soft, Dentrix, Open Dental, Dental Intel, get into whatever dashboard you want to get into and find out what an average new patient is worth in your office in the first year. Let's say for the sake of easy math, what number should we use? You pick.
0: What I'm sorry, what number?
1: What number should we use for the value of a new patient in year one? Like we're not going to use a hundred dollars. We know they're worth more than
0: that, right? Yeah, I think I've had I've had this conversation, and I think I've been on both sides of this this conversation because you know, again, some could say the value of that new patient is the you know whatever their, their production was on that first that first engagement or for that first yep. year. And I've seen other marketing companies give you the lifetime value of a patient and say, well, the value of a patient is not you know four hundred eighty-five dollars or it's not eight hundred seventy-five dollars. It's six thousand dollars which I think that makes the ROI look a little bit different, but you know.
1: Yeah. You you and I, Chris, could create 700 spreadsheets that could track lead cost and va- lifetime value or first visit value or annual value. Dentists sometimes get lost in that level of detail. So what we try to do is, okay, let's just say in the first year, mm-hmm. in the first year of being a patient, even in a funky year like COVID, let's say they're worth a thousand bucks, Okay. Now, if your crown fee is $2,700 and they're only worth a thousand bucks, we know we're not doing a crown on every patient, right. right? But if we find out that an average new patient in your practice is worth thousand dollars and you start to kind of dig into the details and you find that, well, gosh, there's 25 people who did cases that were $5,000 or more in that first year. That's my first class cap. Gotcha. And then I go, where'd they all come from? What do they all have in common? How old are they? What's their referral source? Do they have friends? Right? Who's their employer? And with a little bit of what old school marketers used to call data mining. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. That you could do in a 90 minute team meeting, you could easily create a word of mouth plan to grow your first class cabin. But nobody ever looks at it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you know that's one of the things that I've always, you know, really appreciated, you know, with you, or a couple, well, a lot of things. But the first time I saw you, I was in Puerto Rico. We were at a seminar, you know, with the National Society of Certified Healthcare Business Consultants. And I'm sitting there at the in the in the conference room with my brother, and you get up and you really laid out your your the way that you look at it and critique, you know, what a successful marketing plan is and, and what is not. And I mean, you just really went through the data driven analytics, which. You know, that's what people pay for. That's why Google has all these algorithms. That's why people pay big money for those data sets. So people and and businesses can direct market to that that clientele, that niche they're going for. So I really love that about you. And you are you've always said uh, that the new word of mouth is is social media, right? You said, you know, so that's how you get up there because you're really big, which I truly appreciate is you know, you can go into a client. And you'll look at and assess their ROI per marketing, you know, segment, or or, or you know whether they're doing pay per click, or you know, or whether they're doing mailers or whatever they're doing. And you'll articulate and sometimes even reduce how much they're spending in marketing cost and imp- increase their new patient counts and the type of patients they want by doing these specific types of things. So I really appreciate the fact that it's just not about just throwing more money on the wall, right? Because that's what historically is, you know, in the account it says, spend three to five percent of your revenues on marketing and, you know, just throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. And I'm, I've never said that, Christy. You know, well, maybe I have. But, you know. these
1: conversations is being recorded. Oh, Chris. man, I'm, I'm recording it myself, <laughs>
0: right? No, but again, so, you know, so the word of mouth is really your thing, right? I mean, again, not your thing. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but you really believe that word of mouth is how you can get the same type of patients and attract that, that type. Is that correct?
1: I think people make the mistake of lying to themselves, right? As a young practitioner, um, there are probably some young practitioners listening to this right now. They're hungry, right? They're hungry for patients. They're short on cash flow. They're in debt up to their eyeballs and they're going, listen, Christy, if you tell me to go out and make a presentation at the local school every week for 52 weeks and dress up as a tooth fairy and hand out toothbrushes and it's going to put butts in my chair, I'm going to do it. You say that to somebody who's in the what I would call plateau of their career. They've been clinically, you know, chair side for 20 plus years. We're talking about a multi million dollar location. They've got eight employees. They're going, I want to go home after work. I want to go play golf. I don't want to do that. If I want five more new patients a month, I'd rather give Google a check. Okay. So, at different points in our career, we have, just like we started at the, at the beginning, we have more money than time or more time than money. We need them to kind of coincide through the life of our career. And for many practitioners, not all, but many, word of mouth is an untapped opportunity and they're too busy throwing money at the wall, right? Throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if it sticks because somebody comes along, we call it shiny dime syndrome right? Oh, you got to try this. Okay. Well, my accountant said I need to spend 3%. So I I have some money left over. I might as well try this and see if it works. And if it works to a certain extent and you don't kind of dig into those ROI details, you go, ah, the schedule's full and you know, I'm pretty profitable. I don't need to worry about that. But you're right. You can trim the fat. Mm -hmm. You can really spend just a couple of hours and come up with a consistent plan for better ROI, better word of mouth and a better quality of patient. And I don't know that I've ever met a practitioner that said, yeah, I, I don't want any of those.
0: <laughs> right. That's the trifecta, right? A better word of mouth, better quality of patient. Yeah. That's the way to go. So let me, ask you, you talk about acquisition cost. Do you have like a, a, a formula or do you, do you measure it? And do you say that that target acquisition cost is the total production per year or how do you measure that? And I'm I'm sure the answer is going to be, it it depends. (laughs) Right. But I mean, so what are some baselines, you know, again, if if I'm listening to this podcast and I say, man, I've always wanted to know if my marketing's working because, you know, my accountant says that, Hey man, it's the percentage rule. And if you've got, you know, new patients, you know, where you want it, then you're good to go. What, what should they do to really dial in? Because I, I, as an accountant, I can say that, it was a dollar saved is three or four dollars earned, right? So again, it's all about profitability at the end of the day. So what what'll be some things that they need to go look at, you know, kind of immediately that they historically just don't?
1: Let's give the three ROI expectations. And again, like you said, it does depend, but for the most part, for every dollar I spend on advertising. And advertising is interruption marketing, television, radio, print media, newspaper, all the stuff that historically you talk to people and they go, yeah, I tried that. It was terrible. It didn't work. It was a total waste of money. Um, sometimes it can be, but sometimes it can be very effective. The thing that's attractive about it is it doesn't require any of your time. All you got to do is write a check. check. Okay? So for every dollar I spend, I want $3 to come back to the practice in production. You notice I'm not measuring 10 new patients or 100 new pa- I'm measuring revenue right? Okay. Anything in a permission environment, the internet, social, email marketing, all this stuff in the digital realm, I want a one to 10 return on my money, Hey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And anything in what I call the marketing with meaning arena, where the marketing itself actually enhances the life of the patient, word of mouth internal marketing, community involvement, public relations, local sponsorships, all the feel-good stuff. I want one to 20 or more. Now, let's take the example of the, the gentleman I was speaking with this afternoon on the West Coast. Okay who spends around $75,000 a year in marketing in a $2.2 million practice. Along comes Chris and he says, well, you could be spending more, right? (laughs) Because your percentage is not in line, okay? (laughs) And lo and behold, when we start to dig into a couple of the details, 65,000 of that is going to SEO, PPC, and Facebook ads, okay? So um, 90% of his budget is going to digital. Do you think 90% of his new patient revenue comes from digital?
0: Probably not.
1: Where would you guess it might come from?
0: Well, since I've heard of you a lot, I would say word of mouth. Right?
1: Sure enough, we found that almost 75% of the new patient revenue came from existing patients, and they're not really spending much to get those. So if I just look at the bottom line and go, well, he spent 70,000 and he got so many new patients, his cost per new patient is not bad. His return on his money right now is like one to five. Well, the problem is if he trimmed some of that fat, he could probably get it closer to that one to 20 word of mouth target we were talking about. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, so that's great stuff. So whenever you're tracking new patients and, you know, again, a lot of times, you know, We'll have the total marketing spend on the PL and we will say, spend hundred grand, but they got 300 new patients, so our acquisition cost is X, right? But whenever you're doing that calculation on the new patients, do you back out the word of mouth to see how they're marketing? Do you back that out of the factor, the, 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 the word of mouth, new patients, to see what – how do you – I mean, I know that we track, you know, did you get us from the billboard, did you hear the commercial and the jingle, or were you at the softball game when we were flipping burgers? And sometimes that can be a combination too, Right. Yep.
1: So you have to start with the total, right? Mm -hmm. There are some practices who've never even looked at the total, and they can't tell you what their acquisition cost is per patient. And really, in a perfect world, what we would measure that acquisition cost against is their average new patient revenue, right? A practice that pivoted their marketing during COVID to focus on emergency-based advertising, emergency ads on Facebook, like, hey, come and see us for an extraction, their new patient average revenue may have gone down from two thousand to say five hundred. We stopped seeing comp exams and FMXs and couple cleanings and a couple crowns, and we just started seeing limited PA extraction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if my acquisition cost stayed the same, but the quality of the patient significantly declined, my ROI declined. Likewise, if I can clean up my acquisition cost and get a higher quality of patient. So for most people, they've never even looked at the total. Right. Then when we start to go and, you know, like I say, dig into the details, you have to be honest with what you spend on word of mouth. Because people say, well, we spent 50 bucks. No, you didn't. Hey, right. If you were flipping burgers at the, at the uh, park right. and they go, well, the burgers didn't cost me much. What did it cost you? Your time. Mm-hmm your team's time, right? So be on, how much time did we really invest, Okay. Yep. And if I pull out the time and I just look at, well, we bought the picnic tables and we got the tablecloths and we got the burgers and we went to Costco, and we got three cases of beer and, you know, that was 250 bucks. <laughs> and the funny thing is sometimes practitioners will go, yeah, I'm not spending that 250 bucks, but they'll write the $5,000 check to Google. Yeah. And and you and the reason is because they can't draw a neat and tidy little line from I know that because I did this barbecue, I got these five new patients. Right. Okay. So the trick is you have to do something consistently. You hear practitioners preach to patients about brushing and flossing consistently. Word of mouse the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't do it once and then go, oh, yeah, we did our word of mouth activity for the year. I that was guess terrible.
0: Hey, never, <laughs> never doing that again, right?
1: But, yeah, you can back out the cost. Mm-hmm. And what you usually find is it's still a significantly better investment than all the others.
0: Absolutely. Right? Man, that's really good stuff. Um, a couple of different questions are – I saw an um, article, I don't know if it was on Dr. Cuspid or if they're one of the, but it says that there's a new algorithm coming out from Google. That's what we've heard about for the past 20 years. Oh, the new algorithm, Google. It's like if you have a dated or aged website, you're going to like go to the bottom. Is there any truth to that? Have you heard anything about that? Or is that the same algorithm they've been coming out with every time?
1: You know what? Uh, it's always funny to me because I'll get clients who will email uh, on a regular <laughs> basis. You know, hey, I got this form from my website. It says there's a new algorithm coming out and this agency has the solution. So <laughs> beware of the agency that's cautioning. Um, if you're interested in the Google algorithm update history, okay, with all your spare time, um, Moz.com, M-O-Z.com. Okay has a great novel on the internet. You can search by every year since 2000, uh, a history of all the major updates. Okay? They've got a great summary. All right. Now, the one most everybody's talking about recently is if your site is not mobile friendly, mm-hmm. you're going to be punished.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going okay? down.
1: Yeah. And again, depends on the practice depends on the presence depends on how far down can I fall mm-hmm. right if you are still asking yourself you know is this a device that people are are using this thing that we're walking <laughs> around with in our pocket uh, I did see something on Twitter today somebody posted an article from the New York Times 20 years ago I'm not sure if the internet is a fad you know you just it's not going away guys yeah.
0: Man, I tell you, I don't know who decided to give us the weekly screen time notifications, and it's like, your screen time last week was down by six hours. I'm like, down by six hours? You know, I was on it for six hours, right?
1: (laughs) Because I was on my other device for eight hours more, right? Oh,
0: man, it's craziness. Well, so, you know, the one again, uh, so many things I respect and appreciate about you, Christy, and again, thanks so much for coming on the show, is the fact that, you know, you historically don't sell a service or product or a comment. You sell return on investment. And success from their comprehensive marketing strategy to drive the patients that they're wanting to their practice, and ultimately drive the return on investment. You know, and have accountability factors built in for all of their different marketing ventures that they may or may not be doing. So, I think that's really cool, and I think that you know that's something that I've really respected on your your approach. So, you know, somebody's listening to this. What is the next step they take in terms of their marketing assessment, and then how do they get in touch with? Christy Bolts, the dental chief marketing officer.
1: Before I answer that, Chris, will you tell me the most popular question you're hearing from clients right now? When it, I mean, here we sit, it's April 19th. Tax season is over, but not over, right? Because mm-hmm. the tax deadline. So nobody's thinking about marketing. As soon as the tax deadline passes, then we'll be talking about it. But in your meetings with clients and, and partners and Tell me what people are asking more than anything else when it comes to marketing.
0: I think they're asking questions in terms of are they getting the return on investment that they're putting in. And for example, I just got off with a two doctor group um, of a meeting that I just did, and they were they're up north, and they invested highly in a na- national marketing brand. You know, last year started it in February, March, and they spent their year-over-year increase was probably about $80,000, okay? And I'm like, hey, they got a significant investment in marketing. Their percentages were good, so I was like, okay, we're okay. Um, but then looking at their new patient count, quarter-over-quarter, Q1 2020 versus 21, they are increased by 43 new patients. So, again, so I'm, so they're, they just want direction as to if what they're doing is working. And without me doing a really in-depth analysis, I got to start at those top-line numbers, at least tracking the new patient count, Right. Um, and so again, so basically if I take 80,000 divided by four, get you know, 20,000 spend for 43 patients, I'm like, that's not too shabby. Right. You know, you know, what is that? $500, $480 per patient acquisition cost. So I'm like, Hey, you know, so that's what, that's what I'm getting is, are they, is it, are they spending enough and are they doing it on the right things? And I'll be the first to say, I'm not the guy that knows the right things. Right. That's, that's Christy, that's Christy Bolts who knows the right things. Cause she's working with practices Across the country in every different dem- different demographic out there to say this is what's working well in your demographic for the practice type that you are or aspiring to be. So it's really, like you said, you know, you, you say it's not a cookie cutter and it really isn't. So I get those questions and hence why I have you on to my podcast today. So, what, <laughs> so what's the answer?
1: Well, we've, we've both got a head for numbers. So let's say this. I started my dental CMO in 2008 with a mission to help dentists Make smarter marketing decisions. I wanted to help them do that um, and train their team how to execute on those decisions. Because once the owner makes that decision, now it's okay, we need to go do this. I, I got to go back and see the patient. Right. Right. So you end up with dentists who buy marketing stuff they don't need, and you end up with dentists who waste their team's time on tactics that they hear at a conference or hear on a podcast or hear at a continuing education event that will never work in their unique practice. So we end up with frustration on the doctor side, frustration on the team side. And you go, well, wait a second. If we could just get our arms around a couple numbers. And if we looked at those regularly and we try to move those metrics, right? That's the other thing we've all become addicted to is this dashboard of a thousand metrics. It's like, you can't move a thousand metrics this year, guys. You can move like maybe three. Right. Okay? And the metric I like to move is my return on investment. I want, if I'm putting a dollar on the table in Vegas, mm-hmm. okay, and and I'm getting 20 bucks back and you're sitting next to me at the other table and putting a dollar on the table and getting 50 bucks back, it's not going to be very long before I go move to your table. Absolutely. Okay. And that's what we're trying to accomplish is just getting everybody to a better table every year because the marketing environment is changing so fast, Mm -hmm. right? And so dentists get frustrated by that. Listen, how am I supposed to keep up with this? Now it's Clubhouse and I, you know, am I supposed to have a TikTok video and I don't know what What I'm supposed to be doing, right. right? And they don't have the time to stay current. So it's, all right, what are the two or three things kind of like cars moving down the road. Remember those little matchbox tracks? (laughs) How can I get those things moving kind of together with my team's help so that I'm not stroking these big fat checks with the worst ROI there is? Right. And if I look at those couple of things every month and teach a dentist how to do that with their team, their ROI gets better, their word of mouth gets better, their... Profitability can get better right now. If you're out spending, you know, the practices is money on new Tesla's. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> right. Right. But that's the goal is to, you know, stop buying stuff you don't need and stop wasting your team's time. Get strategic with a plan that you can execute consistently. Be honest with your money and your time because both of them are going to make your break your marketing.
0: Absolutely. It full, comes full circle to what you started off with, time and money, right? Because all too often I've had clients come in and say, man, I hopped on this one deal and I started, you know, they'll do it, whether that's a, a commercial on the radio or TV or, you know, or, or mailers and they'll do it, you know, they're, they're two or three months in, they don't see an immediate impact and they pull the plug, right? And so those are things that, you know, you want to be committed to whatever you do commit to and then give it a fair shot and measure it Objectively to see if it's getting driving the return on investment that you cannot otherwise beat with another another channel or another another outreach, and I you know I really like the you know, with the interruptive you're looking at a one to one is that what you said a one to one
1: one to three one to three, one to three. Yep.
0: and then digital is one to ten and then the gorilla, you know the 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 gorilla marketing is a one to twenty which again you'd love the book Gorilla marketing is the way to go get out there flip burgers you know let me you know, be the dentist you know. Of the community, right? You know, kind of
1: thing. Here's your guerrilla marketing formula for success for everyone who is listening. Okay? It's April, what day is it? 19th, 19th. 2021. Okay? Number one, you are going to have a patient of the week. Okay? Okay? This is a no-brainer. If you have a huge office and you see thousands of patients a month, you need a patient of the day. Okay? But for most practices, you need a patient of the week. The second thing you need is you need to gather one video testimonial a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is not hard. You can put an assistant in charge of this. You can put a hygienist in charge of this. You can put a front desk team member in charge. At the end of the year, you're going to have over 50 testimonials. Where should they all be? On your social media channels, on your website. Video editing, you can hire someone online for pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. than we used to be able to branded with your logo, with your website. Done. Patient of the week. One video testimonial a week. And number three, you need one first class cabin activity a week. And what I mean by that is those patients that we talked about that do more than everybody else that refer more than everybody else that have been patients longer than everybody everybody who's listening right now who's been in practice for 20 plus years if you are not running that list right now mm-hmm. of patients who are celebrating their 20th anniversary with us and sending them a gift do not try to send them all a gift this name week guys <laughs> it's overwhelming for your team just send one gift a week. Go grab some wine at Costco, get some stickers with your logo, get some glasses, those cool Yeti wine glasses that you can sit out in that hot Nashville sun and drink your (laughs) Pinot Grigio or your Heineken or your IPA. I don't care. And send that to your patients. One patient of the week, one video testimonial week, one first class cabin activity a week watch what
0: happens the challenge has been laid down i can't wait to hear
1: of the success
0: i tell you what so anybody listening i look forward to you know getting any (laughs) any information or testimonials you have because i guarantee you you do those three things the one thing about christy is she is highly intelligent highly fun to the point and she knows what she's talking about i mean she so there's the challenge anybody listening to this those three things right so that's fantastic. So again, patient of the week, a video yep. testimonial, first class cabin. What kind of bougie are you gonna add to or you know or 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 you know appreciation are you gonna give to those patients that make your practice what they are? The top twenty percent of your patients in terms of, you know, longevity, referrals, or production, do you want to give something to them so they say, Wow, that was awesome, right?
1: That is perfect, Chris. You hit the nail on the head. It is not just about the patients who did the big cases. It can also be about the people who are the advocates, the raving fans, the people who've been patients of yours forever, the people who fly Southwest regularly do so because they believe Southwest has better service than anyone else.
0: Absolute. Transparency. They also don't feel like they're getting nickel and dimed for everything.
1: Right, right. When, when you like add them most, up side by side, you most. know,
0: that additional bag might have, Delta may have been a, better, a cheaper ticket, but you never know it. At least you know exactly what you're getting for what you're paying for, you know. So there's a lot of good brand um, recognition and development that Southwest has done over the years. So the challenge is for every practice out there to make your own Southwest.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. Let's I love meet. it.
1: Oh, so many good books to read about that. So many concepts we could talk about, Chris. But if I could just plead with everyone, make 2021 the year where you choose no more than three metrics to move. And if you're interested in improving your marketing return on investment, let that ROI calculator be one of them.
0: Perfect. Well, I know you have a lot of uh, you know, tools and access points on your website, which is the mydentalcmo.com, is that correct? So the you got My, it. mydentalcmo.com, you'll find all the ways to to connect and and reach out to Christy and, the, and she's always been just a pleasure to work with and and she has all kinds of calculators and advice and just brilliant. And um, Christy, thanks so much. Do you have any last words before we end on our podcast today?
1: I can't wait to hear of all your success.
0: Sounds great. Right back at you, back at you. Well, thanks so much for coming on and we'll do this again real soon. Okay, Christy.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks everybody.
0: Thanks so much.